hello, 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 hello. Hello, 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 hello. Good people, good people, good people. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my good people, wherever you are. And however you're listening to the sound of my voice, thank you for the ear. I'm Dave, and this is Dave's Head. So, let's get into it. What's in my head this time? So, we're all in this COVID-19 pandemic. It's, it's a rough time for a lot of people. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's some truth. There's doubt. There's honesty. There's corruption. There's all types of things going on. But one thing that has kind of bothered me the past couple weeks is this notion that people who take intelligent and scientific based or even best practice precautions are somehow fearful. They're scared. And it's demonization of those people taking precautions has become something I see all over my timelines and on Facebook and Twitter, um, even some hashtags and memes on Instagram. And it's this notion that if you exercise precautions to safeguard your health and safety and the health and safety of your friends and family, that somehow you're just scared. You're living in fear. And a couple of examples of this are I've seen people in Uber and Lyft situations trying to get their Ubers and Lyft and they're denied because they don't have a mask. And so their ride is canceled or they're told when they get to the car that they must put one on before they enter the car. And I've seen this example numerous times where people are complaining, we're in a car, roll the windows down. Why do I need to wear a mask in a car? Well, it's not about you, right? It's about the driver. And it's not just about the driver. It's about the passengers after you. And it's not just about the passengers after you. It's about the family or friends or both that this driver now has to interact with after leaving you and after leaving their shift, if you will, driving Uber and Lyft. It's not about fear. It's about best practice and scientific studies and, and doing the thing that puts you at a more less more or less is just a horrible way to put it puts you at less of a risk for contracting it if you get in their car and have it because the mass is not about what you can breathe in it's about what you're putting out it's reducing what you put out if it happens to have the virus reaching someone else now masks aren't perfect it's like a condom it's not 100 percent effective but it reduces your risk of catching something while having sex if you wear one or getting someone pregnant if you wear one are you living in fear when you use a condom when you get in your car and you put your seatbelt on are you driving in fear or are you taking intelligent rational steps to minimize your risk that should you get an accident that you'll be severely hurt or die See, fear is, is, is just an acronym, right? Some people believe in it, some people don't. That fear is false evidence appearing real. Well, the false evidence is that people are exercising precautions, asking you to wear a mask, asking you to take off your shoes when you enter their house so you don't track dirt and germs into their house. What appears real to some people is that it's fear. 
It's not fear. It's a choice, number one. In the case of the Uber and Lyft drivers, it's their car. I mean, let's be clear about this. It's not like someone's telling you what to do with your body or in your house or in your car. You're getting in someone else's vehicle. You're walking in someone else's house. And they're asking you to do something. And in fact, demanding it or you can't use their service. It's as simple as that. You don't have to use their service and they don't have to service you. But you're asking for their service. You're willing to pay for their service. They don't have to accept you. Think about grocery stores. If you walk into a grocery store right now and there's a state that has a mandatory mask thing and there's a sign posted at that store, that grocery store that says, hey, you need to wear a mask in order to come in here. And a person who works for the store says you can't come in here unless you wear a mask. What you going to do? You going to walk right by him? Okay, they'll get another grocery store employee to enforce that and they'll keep enforcing that until you either wear a mask or get or get out. Is that fear? No. It's enforcing a policy. It's enforcing a choice based on scientific information, based on studies, based on logic and reason. Not fear. I gave you the example of walking into someone else's house and they ask you to take off their shoes. Are they living in fear? Or they don't want you to track up their carpet or mess up their hard wood floors or shiny floors or track dirt from the outside if you got dog shit on your feet do you just walk around your house with it or do you take your shoes off and clean them is that living in fear or you just don't want dog shit tracked around your house think about this back in the day when your your mom or your grandma or somebody or your dad or anybody is an adult or elder over you you sneeze without covering your mouth if i did that boy close cover your mouth what's wrong with you Are they living in fear? Or are they just telling you, cover your damn mouth? Because guess what? If you happen to actually be sick and it's not just some dust in the air making you sneeze, you're going to get half the damn house sick with your sneeze if you don't cover your mouth. I mean, these things existed before COVID-19. Have we been living in fear for decades and centuries by asking you to simply cover your mouth? No. But we do know if you sneeze on me and you have a cold, guess what? You're probably going to get me sick. So me responding to you not covering your mouth is just me saying, hey, I don't want to get sick. It's not about fear. I'm a healthy young man. Well, most days I feel old, but that's a topic for another episode. And so if I did come in contact with COVID-19, I'm relatively confident that I would survive. Granted, there are cases and examples of people surviving and still having lingering conditions afterwards. But I'm a healthy young man, generally speaking. Again, most days I don't feel so young. But it's not about you. It's about the people you may impact by doing something that really is simple. Not putting a covering over your your mouth and nose. And, and let's be clear. With the case of Uber, grocery stores, walking in someone's home that's not yours. Sneezing even. These are temporary situations. Nobody's saying you got to wear a mask 24 hours a day. Nobody's saying you got to do wear one in the shower. Nobody's saying that you need to put on a full-fledged protective suit. Literally, a person in an Uber lift is saying, 
for the 13, 14, 25 minutes, whatever you're in my car, can you wear a mask? For the 15, 20, 35 minutes you're at the grocery store, can you wear a mask? If you happen to sneeze in that 13 seconds between when you feel the sneeze, because you know sneezes take a while. It, it, like Especially some of them, they just kind of build up. Like you just, come on, come on, come on. And then just when you think the sneeze is not coming, there it comes. So that 13, 14, whatever seconds where you, you think there might be a sneeze and, and then eventually it leads to a sneeze, just cover your damn mouth. Cover your nose. Temporary things. It, it, is that a problem, really? I mean, is it really that big of a deal? That it's, it's more from use intelligent thought, which is science-backed, medically backed, to do something temporary in the presence of others, others. And it's more from that to people walk around in fear. Really? Are we that selfish as a society? I mean, the answer probably is yes, but it's not fear people. It's, it's, it's actually people being smart about their own health and safety and the safety and the health of the people they care about. It's that simple. So moving on from that, you know, the second thing that's on my head is something that's um, that's exciting to me. You know, I, I for those who know me intimately or just follow me on social media, you know that I have played football for, I don't know, 20 something years, whatever it's been. I don't even know anymore. Almost 30 years without aging myself. I'm in my young 40s. I'm a, I'm a young 40 year old. I feel like. 35 sometimes but you know for a long time I've played football um, over the last 10 plus almost 15 years or 15 years whatever it's been I've golfed but you know I miss those things I miss being able to wake up on Saturday mornings or Thursday afternoons or whatever night or day I played sometimes Sundays over the years or when I played semi-pro ball Saturday you know road trips and playing other teams from around the country I miss those days you know I was supposed to play in four one two three four football leagues this spring and that entire thing got canceled obviously with COVID but you know there's this feeling this weekend that's got my my inner sports my inner athlete my 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 inner competitive nature kind of kind of buzzed and, and and bubbling a little bit because you know this is Memorial Day weekend and years past, there's a, a tournament down in the Jersey shore that sometimes I play independent on my availability. And it's like, you know, you're playing four or five, six, seven. I played seven games in one day before and I'm exhausted. I sleep for 10 hours and I wake up the next day and I'm like, yeah, that was fun. But you can't do that this weekend because of COVID. You know, I'm used to having a big barbecue family, friends over 20, 30, 40 people, whoever, cooking all day, cleaning all night, well, drinking all night and cleaning the next day. But that's not happening this weekend, or at least not in its original capacity. And it's been for years and years and years. And so there's a thing happening this Sunday, and it's it's kind of got me feeling like there's a semblance of quote-unquote normalcy starting to try to come back in sports. And it's it's the match, you know, Champions for Charity golf tournament that's featuring Tiger, Phil, 
Brady and Peyton Manning. And well, let's pause for a second. First of all, I'm just a Joe Schmo, Dave's Head podcast. You know, I'm I'm just a guy from South Philly. But how would you like to be in that foursome? Tiger, Phil, Brady, and Peyton Manning. And, well, here, here's the thing, right? So, how would you like to be the guy whose full name I needed to say? Right? So, Tiger, we all know who Tiger is. Tiger Woods. Phil, Phil Mickelson. Brady, Tom Brady. But I, I felt compelled to say Peyton Manning because, I mean, in all honesty, what am I going to say, Peyton? You could be thinking Sean Payton, the coach of the, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, if I say Manning, you could be like who? Eli, Archie, which one? Three of those four guys, one name, that's it. You know who that is. And one, there's an argument that you might not have known Manning or Payton would have been Peyton Manning. But I'm excited about this this tournament, and it's it's at the, the Medalist Golf Club uh, Sunday. I think it's at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock, actually. Um they'll be playing and it's it's a you know best ball if you know anything about golf it's a best ball format on the front nine and they're doing like a modified alternate shot thing on the back nine but you know all the the money's going towards uh, coronavirus relief efforts and it's it's kind of it's kind of i'm excited about it right you know we're supposed to get a little rain here in the tri-state the philadelphia tri-state area um friday and saturday so sunday is kind of going to be like a nice temperature warm sunny day and there's golf Not, not meaningful golf but exciting golf. And it's it's kind of got me, you know, I'm one of those 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 guys that my most favorite time of the year is the March Madness time of the year. You know, college basketball at its its best. Tournament, I love March Madness. I love it. I literally locked down my life that first weekend and really every weekend after that. But the really especially the first weekend of March Madness because that's when you get the 15 twos and you get the eight nines and you get all these great matchups that can go sometimes either way and you, you always get that ep, you know the, the upset possibility the four versus 12 or the five versus 11 you know and it's to me it's the most wonderful time of the year sports wise second i'd say you know like masters weekend um you know opening weekend in nfl season that type of stuff and so with golf kind of, and again, not meaningful, but exciting coming back this weekend, even in limited capacity, you know, there's no fans at all going to be there. So it's, it's going to be different, right? You know, nobody's screaming Baba Booey. Nobody's screaming, getting a hole or none of that stuff. No applause. It's just like great golf shots. And it's like, yeah, that's what the reaction is going to be like a hole in one. And the reaction is going to be like. Yeah, good job, Tiger, <laughs> or good job, Phil. Like it's you know you're gonna hear probably the intimate conversations of guys golf. You got a golf on Sunday, which will be different. I'm, look, this whole thing will be different, right? It'll it'll all be different because it's you know no fans. It's very limited skeleton staff. You'll probably see some crew on TV with face masks on. It's it's going to be different, but you're also probably going to hear some of the shit talking. I'm sure Tiger and Phil are gonna be doing, um, you know. Brady and Peyton. I think by now I can say Peyton because you know who I'm talking about. But Brady and Peyton, you know, they have a little rivalry in football too. So there's probably going to be some digs about their NFL pass or Brady's present. And so it's going to be exciting for me. Now, whether I'm sitting out in the sun watching it on the TV or if I'm sitting inside watching it on TV or, or whatever I'm doing this Sunday, um, actually, I think I might grill a little bit. But um, I'm going to have a TV tuned to it 
excited to watch it. And it's it's that semblance of quote unquote normalcy in sports that that's kind of got me excited and 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 loving the fact that this is coming back. So I'm looking forward to it. I got Tiger and so the team. I didn't mention this. So the teams are Tiger and Peyton and Phil and Brady. So Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. It'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see. I, I got Tiger and, and Peyton winning though. So again, that's that's a match. Champions for Charity uh, Sunday at three o'clock. I think it comes on uh, CBS. So check it out. So last thing on my head right now, um, I want to talk a little bit about privacy versus public health. And so yesterday, I'm I'm sitting there. I got out of the shower. I'm in front of the mirror. I have a uh, Amazon Echo Dot that um, sits on my dresser, and I'm sitting there, you know, doing my post shower stuff, lotion, whatever, cologne, blah blah blah, deodorant. Yes, deodorant is essential. And all of a sudden, my Echo Dot flashes orange, which anybody who has an Echo Dot knows that that means there's a notification. And so I say, Alexa, notification, and she says. Two months ago, you purchased X, Y, and Z. How would you rate it from one to five? I'm like, five. And she's like, thank you, or whatever she said after that. And I'm thinking, you know, from a privacy perspective, what if I was, you know, when I get married again or girlfriend again or anything like that, you know, what if I'm there and I bought something two months ago for an anniversary next month or a birthday two months from now, you know, and, and I'm sure there's a setting somewhere that can stop this from happening. But again, default settings, this is turned on. And so it got me thinking, you know, cause there's this, this with the whole coronavirus thing, there's the notion of contact tracing, right? Where the way it works is I allow an app or some service to track my movements if somewhere I go, there's a flare up of coronavirus infections, it'll notify me that I should go get tested because somewhere I've been recently, there's been a flare up of coronavirus. And so what's popped in my head is, well, that's that thin line, right? Between privacy and public health. The privacy is you're going to be tracking everywhere I'm going. You're going to be tracking everywhere I go. What you do with that information, who knows? Are you just using it for public health? Are you using it for other things? Are you selling it? So all those things popped in my head. But the other side of that says, well, if we get enough people or all people employing this option to make you know, the, the tracing work, doesn't that benefit the whole? Doesn't that benefit the overall public health? But then again, you know, there's a lot of people who are fearful of the government, fearful of apps, fearful of this, fearful of that. And I use fearful in the sense of caution, not trusting, not fearful, like scared um, of what their information is doing. And so then I thought a little more and I said, well, without doing anything, and I have, I have a lot of Apple equipment, I have some Microsoft equipment, uh, but just speaking totally for Apple and iPhone users right now. Have you gotten an Amber Alert recently? Have you gotten a weather, a severe weather alert recently? 
Or do you just remember getting one? Well, how do you think those alerts get to your phone? Sure, it's through the notification <clears throat> service that Apple set up, sure. But they get to your phone based on your location. They're not going to send you an Amber Alert for Nebraska and Pennsylvania. No, they're not. Because it wouldn't be relevant to finding that child. At least not immediately. If they're just taken two hours ago from Nebraska, they're probably not in Pennsylvania two hours later. When you get real-time severe weather alerts, they're not going to send me a severe heat warning for Las Vegas if I'm in Michigan. That's just not how that works. But the way it does work is it uses your location to send you location-based Amber alerts and weather alerts. The only way that that happens is you're sharing your location. So literally you're walking around. If you've done nothing to your phone to customize the privacy settings, you're literally walking around sharing your location information right now. Are you concerned? Does that matter to you? Maybe, maybe not. So I decided to take a look at my, my phone. And so just to, to walk you through this, if you go to your phone, your settings, then privacy, then location services, and scroll the list, count how many apps have access to your location. When I counted mine, I had 85 apps on my phone that had access to my location services. Meaning whether all the time or when I'm using the app, it has access to my location. Additionally, Apple has services on your phone, system services they're called, I had about 20 of those that had access to my location. Over 100 separate objects on my phone had access to my location. So for somebody like me, it'd be a little hypocritical for me to go say, oh, well, no, 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 privacy, no, 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 you can't, you can't contact trace me. Well, psh, I'm getting contact traces every day, all day, apparently. So I, I take a look at your your phone and, and, and number one, check and see, because there's, there's probably some apps that I don't even need locations, probably causing my battery to go down faster than it should. They don't need my location. I don't need my location for, you know, supermarket when I go to the same one every time. I just don't. So it's about the balance between privacy and that public health. And would you be willing to install an app just for contact tracing purposes. You know, that's a, that's the purpose of the app. That's a specified and detailed purpose of the app on your phone and be alerted of outbreaks in your area or where you were recently. Would you be willing to do that? Or do you have a problem with contact tracing? And so I'd be interested to hear some of the comments from people on this subject. Either check out Facebook page and leave a comment. I'll put a post up uh, later today when this uh, episode drops or if you actually go to my anchor web page for my podcast you can actually leave a voicemail message and it'd be cool to have some some voicemail messages for people who want to talk about privacy versus public health how do you balance that in your mind and in your, in your, the way you think your philosophy should public health if you, if you look at scales like the scales of justice should public health be on the downside and, and, and privacy be on the upside or should they be even or should 
privacy always be on the, the downside in public health higher up, meaning simpler terms, should public health matter more than privacy or the other way around? So leave comments on the, my Facebook page and, and, and check out the uh, check out the anchor web page for my podcast. And if you want to leave a voicemail and I'll put them on the next episode and we can talk about this further because it's an interesting conversation, right? Because you can you can find so many applications for where public health is critically important. And, and I can't find one more critically important than the current situation we're in with COVID-19. But privacy still matters, right? And so how do you balance the two? How do you rationalize the two? Is it one or the other or is it a combination of the two? So go ahead and leave comments if you want to. Coming up, we got a um, great discussion from a, a wonderful young lady. We're going to have a great conversation with her about mental health and some of the issues affected by this COVID-19 thing. And just in general as well, but some great discussion we're going to have about mental health. So we'll be back in a, not two and two, see back in the day, before I go to commercial back in the day during some of the uh, game show hosts, they say we'd be back in two and two. And I meant two commercials in two minutes or go, go look it up. It's, it's an interesting concept. See, this is what happens when you get a podcast. You just ramble for some reason. We'll be right back. Hey, good people. You may have noticed some cool music playing for this show. That music was provided by DJ Ms. Deluxe. Deluxe represents as one of the top female DJs in Philly. Since 92, she's been spinning in clubs, on the radio, and touring around the country. And now is doing big things as a producer and local promoter under the main event Philly. Check her out on Instagram at DJ Ms. Deluxe. That's D-J-M-Z-D-E-L-U-X-X. And for promotions, at the main event Philly. All one word. That's DJ Ms. Deluxe. Doing it since the golden era music, the 90s, as I like to call it. Thank you for your support and contribution to Dave's Head. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So, you know, the, the first episode I did, I wanted to talk about uh, finances because with other than the medical side of this COVID-19 thing, finances probably is the next big thing that everybody's talking about, whether it's people out of work, not getting paid, similar checks, all that stuff, losing houses, losing jobs. So I had my financial planner on the first episode, just to, he gave some pretty good tips. Um, one of which I'm going to actually use, which is getting my, my budget and spending down to 50% of my income, which uh, I'm pretty sure I'm like 90, something percent in right now, which is just crazy. That's crazy. But um, so I actually put a poll up on my, my Facebook page, the Dave's Head podcast Facebook page. Go ahead and take a look um, at the poll. Just vote on what the best tip from the last episode was. But outside of finances, the, the stress from this pandemic alone is, is just crazy enough. So when you add the finances in, it kind of becomes overwhelming. But Outside of that, there's there's many people who just in their daily lives without COVID-19 deal with mental health issues and are, they're kind of seeing those issues amplified right now, right? So one of the more famous people that comes to mind, if you uh, if you remember the guy, uh, Howie Mandel, and he does a show, I think it's called Deal or No Deal or one of those shows, but he does one of those shows. And he actually deals with well-documented 
attention deficit hyperactivity disorder (ADHD) and also obsessive, obsessive excuse me, compulsive disorder, which is OCD. And so he's been quoted as saying, and I quote, "I have a tough time being with myself." So just think about that. You know, even before this pandemic that's sweeping the world and hundreds of thousands of people are dying, he had a tough life dealing with himself. And so God bless his wife. He's been married for 30 years. Um, he has children. And he's, he's also said his wife and children have all been to therapy because of the problems his disorders have caused. And so one of the big things, more documented, especially with um, the, the game show he's on, um, he has a crippling, like crippling fear of germs. He won't shake hands without gloves. He fist bumps on the show, you know, washing hands, um, any you know, disinfectant, all that stuff. He does all that stuff. And so just imagine now we're in this pandemic and you got to socially distance, which, you know, relatively speaking, it's probably no problem for him. He doesn't want to be around you anyway, but it's, it's like magnified way up there a hundred times now, because literally the problem is this thing you can get, and if you're not, your immune system's not the best, you can die from it. And he has to deal with this every single day. And so what I wanted to talk about this episode was mental health. And so I'm going to bring in Akiva S. Harris. Uh, just real quick about her. She's a licensed professional counselor, owner of Beyond Limits Mental Health and Wellness, LLC. And I'm sure she's going to tell you all about herself in a second. She's a blogger. Probably my most favorite thing about the bullet points that she gave me was change agent. And so just to touch on that real quick, there's a lot of change agent, change agents out there. Some of them are not positive. So I'm, I'm sure you she's a positive change agent. She's also a mother, a daughter, a sister, and a friend. Welcome to Dave's Head. Akiva, how's it going? Hi, Dave. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Excited to talk about just mental health in general and especially how mental health is exacerbated, as you said, with the COVID. Yeah, and I can imagine that there's a lot of people out there who just, you know, they're they're going through, I mean, there's so many different, if you go down the categories, there's so many different categories of mental health and mental health illnesses that are out there. I'm sure it's, it's just a, a crazy situation for a lot of people right now. But before we get into that, just do me a favor, tell people about yourself, your, your business and, and your expertise. Okay, so I mean, as you said, my name is Akiva S. Harris. I am a licensed professional counselor. Um, this is my fifth year practicing. This is a career change for me. I worked in the finance industry before deciding to go back to school to follow my dreams. Because even as a young kid, like I've oh, I've had this like talent for helping people. Like I'm literally that person that could be standing on a bus stop and somebody will literally just start telling me the whole life story. So like this has always been something that I know that I'm meant to do. So, you know, a few years back, I decided, hey, let's not go to school and make it official. So that's what happened there. I um, recently started my own private practice, Beyond Limits Mental Health uh, and Wellness. My right now is I'm in the building phase, but my overarching long time goal is to have it be a complete wellness center where you can get all types of services, not just therapy. I am a very natural person. I'm a holistic person. I'm big on, you know, like homeopathic remedies and natural remedies. So I plan to be like offering yoga in the future, like energy stuff for people who's into like that type of stuff, like acupuncture, breathing techniques, meditation classes, all those type of things. I also um, started a blog when I started my practice, which is speaking about mental health issues. But my intention with my blog is to kind of 
make it simple so that people who are not in the field can get a better understanding of what these mental health issues are and how they can recognize it within themselves and how they can start to work on it. Well, I love the fact that you you were doing something in a career and you saw direction and you just pursued it. So that's that's a beautiful thing, especially I empathize with, you know, people you sit at a bus stop I, when I fly out, I'm at airports and people just sit down and tell me their whole life. And it's yeah. just, you know, it's just your people who have that, that, that magnet, that magnetism to other people who just want to share their stories, share their lives. And a lot of them, a lot of those stories were not good stories, by the way. <laughs> but I listened anyway. And moving in airports, I offer them a drink if they'll take one. Like, listen, you need to drink that. Have the same flight. But, um, so so let's get into some some q a's talk about some mental health so let's, let's start with a common issue and this is something i actually suffer from and in, in many ways sleep deprivation so if you could talk about how this this covid 19 has exasperated the issue and some things if you have any methods or things that people can employ to help reduce or even stop and i'm, I'm all ears on this one okay okay so um sleep deprivation i think there's I think levels, like there's levels to everything. And I think there's a continuum. So it depends on like, I think some people commonly, like when there's something going on in their life, I know for me specifically, I usually am like a good sleeper. If I get in bed at a typical time, I can sleep from six to eight hours a night. For me personally, the only times I have trouble sleeping is when something is on my mind. So for me and maybe other people, like it's situational. So if it's something situational where there's something on your mind, just I would just encourage you to kind of get to the root of what that is. I was um, in the finance world before I became a therapist. And when I was going through that moment of trying to decide if I wanted to go back to school and leave it, I literally did not sleep at all for two months because mm-hmm. like it was like weighing heavily on my mind. I couldn't calm my mind down. I wasn't restful. So I literally did not sleep until two months until I figured out what I needed to do. And once that problem got resolved, I was able to start sleeping again. So if it's situational things like that, it may be a common stressor, relationship problems, work problems, something like that. I would just encourage you to kind of just get to the root to see what's going on and try to resolve that issue in the best way you can. If it is a real mental health issue and sleep issues are highly correlated with mental health issues, but it's kind of like a, you don't know which one comes first, the chicken or the egg, is the mental issue causing the sleep problems or is the sleep problems causing the mental health issue? And there is a lot of research out there that supports this theory, like um, sleep issues are highly correlated with anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder. So if it is something like that, of course, go see a professional, get assessed and see like if there's any type of medication you could take your sleep aids. That's like over the counter stuff. But in regards to the COVID, if you think about it, like we've never lived through anything like this before. People are losing their income. Like, God forbid, you know, someone who has it or if you have it yourself, like we are a lot of people are in survival mode right now. And if you don't feel safe, how can you sleep peacefully at night? You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it. if it's COVID related, if that exacerbated it, look at your circumstances. Some people are fortunate enough to still be able to work, whether they're working from home. So if you're still working, you still have your income. If you're still able to take care of yourself financially and you have all of the things you need, while this is a worrisome and a fearful situation because we've never been in it before, like you said, like I'm changing, I'm positive. I'm a real positive person. I'm big on looking at the positives and looking at the things you can be grateful for. If you are one of those people who are lucky enough to still 
have an income and you're healthy and everyone you know is healthy, while this is not the ideal situation, be grateful for the fact that you are still able to pay your bills, that you are healthy, your friends healthy, your family are healthy, and just look at what's going right in your life as opposed to what's going wrong. If unfortunately you're on the other side of that where things maybe are not the greatest, just try to get therapy. Like right now, we've had all transition to telehealth. So therapy is still an option for people right now if they feel like they need it. I'm being completely honest here. Telehealth, I'm not a fan of it myself because I'd like to have that in-person human connection. But telehealth therapy is still an option. Doctors are seeing people like through telemedicine. So if you feel like you need some professional help for it, you still can do that even with everything that's going on right now. Two things I take from that answer is, is one, it's important to get to the root of it. You know, a lot of times we, we go through things and we either suppress that we're going through something or we try to brush it off as something else. Yeah. And getting to the root of it, look, I'm, I'm stressed about finances or my husband, my wife is, is, is a pain in the ass or, or, or whatever. You know, getting to the root of it definitely and talking it out definitely um, takes care of a lot of the, the stress that holding it in. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because sometimes we are like unaware because I think it's easy for us to just like go around mechanical and just be like in pilot mode and just like, oh, I'm not sleeping for a couple of days and thinking it'll go away eventually. No, like our bodies are supposed to rest. Like that is when we heal ourselves. That is when we are rejuvenated at night. Our bodies need that rest. And if your body is not doing what it's naturally supposed to do, that's a big indicator that something's going on there. And, and the other thing you mentioned too, is just, just finding that silver lining. You know, be thankful for the things that you have. And, you know, if you're religious, thank God for the things you have. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are going through a whole lot worse than you possibly could be right now. So just just finding that, that silver light. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think this is an interesting question because I um I actually listened to a podcast, it's called The Savvy Psychologist. And the person who hosted, she's like a sleep psychologist. And she actually just did a podcast about this very um topic, like how was COVID, you know, affecting people's sleep issues. And what I like about this podcast, like each episode is really short, like 15, 20 minutes, maybe. But um, she uses evidence-based practice. Like she often uh, quotes research that has done on a topic. And she quoted um, research that was done on astronauts and their um, insomnia and how like that affects their bodies being up in space, not sleeping. And some of the tips that they did to get their selves back on schedule. And I'll just share some of those tips with you. Um, one of them was to stay on a schedule, like stay on a consistent schedule, given what we're going through. Most of us are sheltering in place. I know it's kind of hard, but still stay on the schedule. And um, one thing that's very important, and I've heard this a very long time ago, like sleep experts suggest that you should wake up at the exact same time every day, like even on the weekends, because that's kind of keeping your body with that natural rhythm. Um, exercise is also one. I remember there was a time in my life where I was exercising like right before I went to bed and it literally like knocked me out. I was like dead to the world. That's how hard I was sleeping because I exercised like right before I went to bed, tiring my body, tiring my mind. Yeah, I actually started to, to those points. Uh, I have a Roomba that it was a, a great Christmas gift for somebody like me who's kind of, I'm a, I call myself a need freak. I don't know if that's a medical term, but I, I just, I mean, we don't, we don't get along at all. But so a friend of mine gave me a Roomba for, for Christmas. And I just recently, like this week, realized I can schedule it every single day to clean downstairs every single day. So I set it for 9.30 p.m., which has kind of become my, okay, get ready 
for bed, start cleaning up, get ready for bed. So even if I don't get to sleep until 1130, mm -hmm. I start the process winding down at 930 every day, which is I'm getting used to it. But, you know, yeah, is it helping? it's a waking up the same time every day. Yeah, I mean, it helps to get me started. Right. Because I can sit there until 1030, 1130, 1230 at night watching TV or in the office or wherever. But when I hear that rumba now, it's like, OK, OK, time to you know, get settled. Whatever I'm not done, I'll get done tomorrow. Clean up the kitchen, get this dishwasher started, whatever. Mm -hmm. OK, so it's helping uh, keep you on track. Yeah. And as far as waking up, I wake up the sun every day. So whatever I don't wake up the same time. It's whatever time the sunset sunrises. My body just cannot sleep in unless I'm completely exhausted. Just Every day, wake up in the sun. It's it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, um, and some yeah, other so, tips are for the sleep. Um, another sleep expert I heard one time say that you are only supposed to do things in your bedroom that's meant to be done in the bedroom, and there aren't even but too many things. This was so like and eating in your bedroom, working in your bedroom. Like they recommend you don't do stuff like that. I got some changes to make then. <laughs> all right, so I mean, those are all. Excellent tips. Excellent tips. So next question, what do you see as the, the biggest mental health issue that no one is talking about? Um, I don't think there's anything that no one is talking about at all. I think that even if it's just like in the therapy world, someone's talking about everything because there's a lot to be talked about. I do believe that there are some things that aren't talked about and that the biggest thing I think that is not talked about enough is trauma. And I think that trauma is so misunderstood, you know, by the lay community, people like outside of my profession. I think generally trauma is thought of like what when I was in school, we called it like big T and little T traumas. Like I think people typically think of like the big T traumas, like abuse, whether it's physical, sexual, those type of things, you know, like catastrophes, like 9-11, things like that. Yes, they are very traumatic, but they're also, I wouldn't even say little T, but like traumas that are not like that big that still have an impact on you. You know, children being neglected, children being abused, children not having all of their needs met. Those things are traumatic, like verbal mental abuse, like that literally affects children and their sense of self and their brain development. So like, I think trauma is not spoken about enough and I think it's not understood. I don't think there is a person alive who hasn't experienced some form of trauma. But while I think everyone experiences trauma, that doesn't mean that everyone will go on to eventually develop PTSD. But I definitely think trauma needs to be talked about more and it needs to be understood because people experience trauma in different ways and different ways and trauma is subjective. Like what's traumatic to one person is not gonna be traumatic to another person. Like I just think these are things that need to be more understood and more talked about. I can imagine just some of the things that children go through. Um, I actually read, unfortunately, a, a post I saw on Facebook, I think it was yesterday that um, somebody, some guy had molested or sexually assaulted a five-year-old girl and the family was forcing the wife to choose between turning him in and the family. It, it was and in my head. I'm like, I don't care what you guys do. Get him prosecuted, whatever. But have you actually thought about how this is impacting this yeah. child? Like it's and even reading that, I couldn't even comment. I was just so disgusted just by the whole premise of the act. But yeah, just the things that children go through that go unspoken of is is probably. Yeah. Of. And I feel like childhood sexual abuse, especially in our communities, 
is more common than people might think. Like I can just think of women I know in my personal life. I can count at least half of the women that I know in my personal life who have experienced childhood trauma. And then some of them kind of similar to what you saw yesterday, some of them like when the child go tells the parent, the parent doesn't believe them, which is either further tra traumatizing to the child because like love and healthy relationships is one way to heal the trauma. So you think about a child who has just experienced like the most horrific thing they can ever experience. They go to the person that's supposed to love them most and take care of them and protect them. And they're told that they're lying. That's even further traumatizing. Mm -hmm. So let, let's talk about treatments. Okay. So when you, when you look at treatments, you, you mentioned uh, alternative methods when you're introducing yourself, but when you look at treatments for mental health, can you look at or talk about, you know, medicinal versus counseling versus alternative methods? And do you have any advice as far as best steps for, and, and I know it varies across the spectrum of what you're dealing with mentally, but advice for someone dealing with mental health issues, what would you prefer? Like um, I'm, medicine first, counseling first? Well, I'm, I am a proponent of medicine, but only in conjunction with therapy, only when in the conjunction with working with a professional. I am not a proponent of medication alone because medication, I mean, you know, this world we live in medication, whether it's um, for like a physical medical issue or a psychiatric issue, medicine is not a cure. This country doesn't want us to get better. They want us to stay sick so they can keep making money off of us. So medicine alone is not a cure. Medicine is just about symptom reduction. So if you're only doing medication alone, you can be taking that medicine for the rest of your life. Like while I do think that medicine can be helpful, I don't, it's just me personally, I don't feel that people should be on medication for the rest of their lives. If you're going to do medication, I would recommend that you know, in conjunction with therapy. And if you're going to a good therapist, like most people in the field, if they're like above board, they're not just going to let you do medicine anyway. If a psychiatrist and they're letting you do only medication, I would like really give that person a side eye. So most people, if you're going to be in medication, you have to be in therapy as well. And it's a reason that we do that because medication alone is not enough. Like I've worked with clients who were severely depressed on medication and still not getting better thinking they, they think that is like the medicine. I'm like, the medicine is not a magic pill. Like you still have to do the work. The work doesn't stop outside of the office. Like you have to do the work like on your own when you're not with your therapist. So therapy, of course, I highly recommend that. And I'm also into alternative stuff because sometimes talk therapy alone is not enough. So you need to do other things in addition to the talk therapy. Like I love things like acupuncture, yoga. There's like trauma sensitive yoga, believe it or not, chiropractic. I am learning a lot about like chiropractic and how going to the chiropractor is good for our mental health. But I miss my chiropractor. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> like if you think about it, our um our ANS, which is the autonomic nervous system, that's what controls our fight and flight system, and that's in our spinal column. So the chiropractor is only working with our spinal column, and that's serving to kind of get that back in balance, which is teaching us to like calm ourselves down. So chiropractic, I'm a big fan of chiropractic. If you're into energy medicine, there's like Reiki. There's another thing called EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, where you're just like tapping on a meridians and what that's doing is that's breaking the energy up and that's a way to serve to release things if you need help definitely start with seeing a professional and getting assessed by a professional 
Yeah, I, I need to get back to my chiropractor. I, I need I need a tracking. Like, I just need a tracking right now. I need a tracking at this point. I'm going through it over here. Yeah. Going through it. Yeah, chiropractors are are good. Like I, I first started going to a chiropractor because um I started had, like uh, but two years ago I think that's like really bad back pain. And, you know, like, when I first started going to him, he kept it, like, strictly physical and, like, medically. But, like, I, I love my chiropractor. And I was, like, the more I went to see him, the more we talked and we got to know each other. And he eventually was like, Akiva, this is just stress. Like, you're stressed. This is why your back is like this. And that's what it is. Gotcha. Yeah, I have an old football injury from uh, college football. Some uh, idiot decided to put his helmet in the middle of my back. And since then, you know, needs to get cracked every once in a while. But speaking of younger days, uh, let's talk about youth for a second. So. Um, personally, I think our youth are, are shouldered with, especially with this coronavirus thing, but even before that, with um, some stresses and pressures that I don't think we really had to deal with so much. I think it's just changing yeah. times, right? Or at least it's just different. So can you talk about some of the, the mental health related issues you deal with and things may, maybe parents are not aware of or ways they can help okay. them? Okay. So, because I work with, um, like the youngest I work with is 14. And just from like my experience working with my younger clients and even my kids, my youngest son is 19. Um, the biggest mental health issue from my experience, either personally or professionally, that I see is anxiety. These kids are stressed. Like these kids are stressed mm-hmm. out. And that stress, when it goes unchecked, leads to anxiety and some of them have like severe anxiety i'm thinking right now there's one kid i can picture him in my office he was young 20 year old went to um ivy league school cornell but he had those like helicopter parents like both his parents were like doctors i think so they i mean this kid like his body like i could see the stress and the tension in his body because he was so tightly wound up like he didn't know how to relax like that's what I used to say to him all the time like just relax just relax I'm like I know you probably didn't come to therapy thinking that I'm just gonna be telling you to relax but like you need to relax because he was so stressed they have so much pressure they want to get into the best schools they want to get the best job they want to get scholarships they're in all these clubs and sometimes they're working like I really feel like for kids like that it's the parents because the parents put way too much stress you know, pressure on these kids. And then like, we didn't have social media when we were growing up. So in addition to like the stress and the pressures of their family, they're being, you know, looking at the not real stuff they're seeing on social media, comparing that to them, to themselves, wanting to be like that. I just feel like these kids have stress and pressures like from everywhere they go that we didn't have when we were their age. Yeah. And you look at, especially, you haven't talk about peer pressure, but you know, you look at some of the stuff that you know, whippets and, and the different games that they've been playing these last couple of years, some result in deaths, like all the pressure, the peer pressure was different back in the day. It was, you know, kiss a girl or, you know, <laughs> go swipe something from the corner store, like that type of stuff. It's, it, it's different now. It's it, it's all types of hanging games and drugs. And yeah, I can't, I just can't. But yeah, that's, that's great advice. So last question for this segment. So, and, and let's, let's wrap it up this way. So what advice would you give people to work on their mental health going forward? And so my, my example, we go to the gym to work on our bodies. We blend fruit drinks, eat healthier and drink all this and take this pill and do all that. So what workouts, quote unquote, workouts or nutrition can we do? Okay. For our minds? Well, the first thing we have to be aware that we need to do something like I'm a big proponent of being self-aware because we cannot fix anything that we don't acknowledge. So you first have to be aware 
that something's going on. Like we are the experts of ourselves. We know when we are our best and we know we're not at our best. So the first thing that I would do is recommend people to just pay attention to themselves. When we are overwhelmed and stressed, we all either stop doing something or start doing something. Like for me, I know, and I call them our tells. Like one of my tells is when I'm really stressed and overwhelmed, why, why is my best friend? When I'm going to Wawa multiple times a week or even multiple times a day, like that is a sign, like Akiva, something's not right here. Pay attention. What's going on? So when you do that first, and then once you are able to figure out what's going on, do whatever you need to do to rectify. You know, if it's because you're stressed or you're overworked, take a day off. If you need a break from your kids, go get a babysitter. If you just need like a, a me day, go to a massage. Like, well, when we were able to do these type of things, of course, mm-hmm. like do whatever mm-hmm. you need to do. Like early on, I really think that is the problem because I feel like it starts off as being like overwhelmed, stress. And then when that goes unchecked, it becomes anxiety. And then when that goes unchecked, it becomes depression. Like we have to be more self-aware notice what's going on and then start questioning and examining like be like self-reflective like why am i doing this like what's going on here and then do what you need to do everyone is different do what you need to do to help make you feel better of course i'm a therapist i'm a big proponent of therapy i'm always going to recommend therapy but like you know get a self-care regimen like start taking care of yourself however whatever that looks like for you um boundaries like boundaries are really important in our relationships like boundaries it protects us it tells people what they can and cannot do to us and i feel like boundaries is like a big problem that people don't have that causes them a lot of stress and anxiety in their relationships whether it's a personal or professional relationship you know put those boundaries in place to protect yourself in exercising eating healthy like i think that is that is highly overrated like i don't know but i know i think you generally try to eat healthy. I don't know if you notice a difference in yourself when you are eating healthy versus unhealthy. I know I certainly do. When I'm eating healthy, I feel a whole lot better. When I'm eating junk, I feel like it's like, you know, just it's a lot of different things we could do. Working out meditation. I am a big fan of meditation, like all that type of stuff. Journaling. That's another that is like the number one thing that I would recommend anyone to do. Journaling, because journaling, number one, it's a way to release. You know, you're you're not talking to anyone else, so you're not worrying about being judged. So you're able to be really authentic. And it's a safe space because it's just between you and you go lock your journal up and nobody ever knows what you said. You could be cursing somebody out and they don't ever even have to know about it. Yeah, I actually I have a couple of friends that actually do meditation every day. And it's probably something I, I want to get try to start doing. I, I like listening. So my when I'm stressing out, my, my thing is red wine or uh, listening to jazz, I'll sit there in a dark room or not really a dark room, a darker house, like dim lights, that type of thing. Just listen to smooth jazz, listen to jazz from like the thirties, forties, like old school, old, old school jazz. I do have to say though, Wawa is, yeah. I've never heard anybody who dealt with stress by going through Wawa. I've heard, you know, wine, cigars. Like for me, the other thing I do is I take vacations. Now that's, squashed this entire year this whole 2020 i was supposed to go to jamaica yeah. next month that's just not happening but it's vacations wine that's that's my thing we're just going for yeah. drives i love going for drives but i've never heard anybody say wow <laughs> well um, you heard it today that's very true because like when i'm stressed i eat out and there's a wild wild in every corner 
it's like it's hard to yeah, it's hard to escape Wawa. So when I I remember vividly one day, like I went to Wawa in the morning to get like coffee or breakfast or something, and I went again at lunch. And as I was pulling into the Wawa, I literally said, "Akiva, this is your second time at Wawa. Like something's going on here." <laughs> <laughs> one thing I do like that, that I took away from your, your answer there was we're the experts of ourselves. That's pretty cool because it's it's also something we don't recognize a lot that we know each ourselves best. So. And I know if I can speak for black men. We, as far as from the medical side, we are the worst for ourselves sometimes when it comes to medical because we are the experts of ourselves, yet we don't seek help medically or even mentally. Yeah, I mean, I believe that to be true. I think the reason why it's so easy for us to forget that we are the expert of ourselves is because a lot of us don't trust ourselves for whatever reason. A lot of us, like, we second guess ourselves. Like, no, you know you. Like, you know you better than anybody else. You can't let anyone tell you, like, what's wrong with you and what you need to do. Like, you know you better than anybody. I don't care how many degrees, how many years of education somebody has. I cannot tell Dave something better than Dave can tell me about himself. It's just an impossibility. So, so for those listening, remember, you're the yeah. expert of yourself. Let's move on to the uh, the next segment that I have, which I call First Thoughts. So for the audience, Akiva has not seen <laughs> these words or phrases. He has no clue what I'm about to say to her. But it's it's called First Thoughts because I'm going to throw at you either a word or a phrase related to, in this case, mental health. And I just want to get your thoughts, suggestions, recommendations, whatever okay. you want to talk about. So... <laughs> <laughs> we kind of touched on this. So the first one, depression. If I say depression, sadness comes to mind. When um people are depressed, like they really are just sad. A lot of times, I think people are sad over, you know, things that happened in the past. Thing life didn't go the way they wanted it to go. But I think people who are depressed, they're just really truly sad, and it's just like a a pervasive sadness that just doesn't go away. Okay, so. Kind of building on that just a little bit. If I say the word suicide, oh, to you, pain, comes to mind. pain, pain, and escape. Like when people commit suicide, like I mean, if you just really think about that, it's not that people want to die; it's that they don't want to be in pain anymore. And unfortunately for them, not living this life is the only way that they think that the pain will end. Like I have this as a personal story there's someone who's very close in my life and this person is severely depressed this person um by the grace of god i think i'm this person's angel because every time i, I just like know it and i just kind of like just ends up being there and like and thankful it never happened but i remember talking to this person one time and having a conversation and this person literally said i am upset every day when i wake up because i'm tired of waking up in pain so I know a lot of people think suicide is selfish, but for people who are feeling that type of desperation, they are just living in a state of pain that they don't think it's ever going to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is to no longer live. Pain has many levels and, and yeah. causes many reactions. So the, the word I'm going to give you is autism. But to tell a little story real quick, my uh, my godson is autistic and he, he has the biggest, brightest robust smile and laugh mm -hmm. of any child I've ever seen in my life. He's uh, he's nonverbal autistic, but um he communicates through either computer or you know he, he does click sounds, those types of things. You kind of understand over the years what he what he's mm -hmm. 
um, reaching for or wants and that type of stuff. And he has just the biggest laugh. He's not verbal, but yeah. you can tell that laugh yeah. is huge. So if I say autism to you. Uh, autism, I say that they have a soul. That's still a soul, too. Like Now, autism, that's not in my scope of practice. I don't know a lot about it like professionally. But, I mean, there I, I'm, he's not autistic. I'm not sure what he is, but I know a friend who she's a nurse and she um works. I don't know what his issue is, but he's nonverbal as well. And I remember we were at this like event and like it was music being played and people was on the drums and the child that she was working with, even though he was nonverbal, he was so excited. He was so happy. And I remember looking at that like, like, wow, even though his physical shell may not be ideal, he still is hearing this music and he's still enjoying this and he's still mentally here. And like, he is a soul sitting here enjoying this music just like the rest of us. So there's still a soul inside there. Gotcha. I love my God. So he's, he's amazing to play with and do stuff with. And he just, you know, when he grabs, the first time he grabbed my hand, it was such a, like a powerful moment. It just, I look, I cried. <laughs> movies, I do all that. Tears were flowing. Like, I was, I cry. I'm, I'm a man. I cry. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it. I don't care. All right. So a couple more to go. A couple more to go. Um, next one is a phrase. So it's something I I don't think it's talked about a lot. Or at least I don't see. There used to be a bunch of commercials about this and, and you know, made the TV movies, mm -hmm. after school specials, all this stuff. But I don't see it so prevalent anymore in the media or people talking about oh. it. It's eating disorders. What comes to mind is control because um, eating disorders most people who have, well, not most, but again, people who have eating disorders, I think it's about control because a lot of people who have eating disorders, like their life is chaotic in so many other areas that the only thing they can control is what they put in their body. All right. So we, we talked about this one a little earlier when we talked about trauma or you mentioned trauma. So if I say violence and PTSD. What comes um, uh, wow. What comes to mind? Violence. That is... Yeah, um, that is too prevalent. Um, I think it's too prevalent and violence to me is more than just like physical violence. Um, I think verbally abusing someone like that is violent. Like words is that's some of like the harm. You can harm people more than words, especially a kid, like especially a kid. Like if you think about how some of these, especially in our culture, our communities, you know, like I grew up in a projects in South Philly and I'm just thinking about the way adults talk to kids, like that is violence. Like that within itself is violence. You don't have to ever raise a hand to a child, but if you're talking to this kid, calling them names, cursing at them, that is violent and that disrupts our sense of self. And I think that is another way that can cause PTSD if it's, you know, if it's per pervasive and if it's chronic. And I just think that that is something that happens way too much in our communities. And I think, unfortunately, because it happens way too much, it becomes normalized to us. We think it's normal. Like, it's not normal for kids to be grown up called bitches and pussies. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Like, that's not normal. That's not healthy. And that, that is violent. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and pause for a second. Shout out to South Philly. <laughs> just want to say that. But um. Yeah, it, it's it's you know there, there's a the theory you know beating your kids, not beating your kids, and and just you know, different ways that people children are raised and taught you know violence and the, the world that we grow up in you know whether it's growing up in a ghetto, the hood, projects you know the examples mm -hmm. they see, the examples they look up to, 
Yeah, and, and it shapes us and it shows us how we are supposed to relate to others and how people relate to us. I mean, like, that's why it's normal for, you know, all these rappers and stuff. They call in, you know, girls, bees and hoes and you got girls in the video dancing because it's normal to her because she grew up here in her whole entire life. That's true. All right. So last one for you. And it's it's not really looking for well, once you, once you hear the word. So it's resources for parents and families is the phrase, but it's not really looking for those things. Do you, it's more so do you think there's enough of them or? Uh, yes, I do think that there are. I don't books. know. I don't know if I'll say enough, but there definitely are resources out there. I just think that for some people, this information is hidden and people just don't know. Like I have a friend who we just became friend like a few years ago. She's a, um, a school advocate. And I was talking to her, telling her, like, I had an issue with my son in high school before. And I'm like, wow, like, I wish I would have known that you did this because I would have been able, like, to contact you to help me out. So I just think you just have to do your own research. Like, there's information out there, whether you got to pick up the phone, call somebody, Google search, go to the school, go to the library there, go to your doctor. You know, doctors are... um becoming more like aware of mental health issues you can call your doctor talk to your doctor about stuff get some information even like call your if you have health insurance call your health insurance and get resources i I do think like a lot of health insurance do have a lot of like additional resources that are available to people that they just may not be aware of there are definitely resources out here like this just google anything like whatever you need you can just do a google search social media is even though with all of this negative social media can be a resource because you can learn about something that maybe you didn't know on social media i do think there definitely are resources out there you just have to be diligent in trying to find that information absolutely it takes, it takes effort to get to that point where you become knowledgeable about a subject you can't just rely on somebody to help you or bring the yeah. information to you. You got to go out there and do that research. Yeah. So it's definitely a valid point. Well, Akiva, that was the last question. So what I'd like to do now is, um, you know, if you're working on something, you want to promote something and, you know, let the people know what you're working on or what your initiative is. You want to talk about your company? Okay. Well, what I am working on is starting my own practice. It's again, is in the infancy stage. I am offering telehealth sessions through a HIPAA compliant platform is real easy the clients don't have to do anything i would just like send them a link and then they just click on a link and it's just like a video session kind of like a facetime or skype um my office is in jenkintown for when this is over and we're able to be back outside um jenkintown i have a website my website is www.beyondlimitsmhw.com so it's just like the name of my practice shortened beyond limits mental health and wellness again my blog i am and really enjoying like working on my blog and creating these articles it's kind of like teach i mean although i'm a therapist i also kind of like consider myself a teacher as well like i like presenting information i like providing people resources i like just helping people to understand things better um, another thing that's also in the infancy stages, myself and another one of my therapist um, sister friends, we are working on creating a podcast as well. It's going to be called Hey Girl Thrive. And we're just going to be having, you know, conversations about mental health issues, conversations about being women, about being mothers. So, um, yeah, that's about it. My social media platforms, you can find me on Instagram at beyond underscore limits, MHW. My Facebook page for my business is Beyond Limits Mental Health and Wellness LLC. All right. Again, like you started with a mouthful, you ended with a mouthful. That's a lot of really positive stuff um, going on. Um, 
Akiva, this has been a pleasure. Some great information shared. I hope that uh, people listening get a lot out of this. Um, if there are any questions, follow up on my Facebook page, follow Akiva's Facebook page and all her social media. Thank you for uh, joining us and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again. Yeah. And then Thank you for having me. Future. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back after this commercial. Hey, headers. Yeah, I didn't coin the phrase, I know. During my podcast, you'll notice that between segments, you hear commercials. Kind of like this one. The commercials are either paid sponsorships or promotional for people who support my podcast. Well, I like to provide that same opportunity to all my headers. If you like and support, well, technically, you don't have to like it, I guess. But I mean, it's kind of weird and somewhat creepy if you don't like my podcast, but you're still faithfully listening to it. Anyway, if you at least listen to my podcast, I like to offer you the opportunity to advertise on it. Now, before you say it, there is no cost. Hashtag free. If you have a charity or community event or anything going on where you're paying it forward, shoot me an email with a summary and the key info and I'll do all the rest for you. Or, you know what, get creative and do a 30 second ad yourself and send it to me. Either way, send it to davesheadpod at gmail.com. Let's spread the news about great things together. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. So, I um, first of all, I I'm just I, I feel good about the information we just got, and it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Miss Harris uh, Akiva, owner Beyond Limits Mental Health and Wellness LLC. Just I I feel like there's so much great information there shared, and and you know it's I listen. Let's let's get one thing clear. I have no problem sharing my opinion on any topic. If you don't know that about me by now, then you have not been paying attention. Let's let's make sure we got that that baseline established. I have no problem sharing my opinion. I'm a very opinionated person. I'm a very fact-based person. My opinion is usually laced with facts to support it. Sometimes though it's it's on emotion. Sometimes it's on emotion and gut. I I get I, I admit that. But uh mostly it's it's I do my research. I, I don't walk into a a fight without ammo, so to speak. But that's not the point of this podcast. And, and to step back for a second, the reason I decided to do a podcast is because there's so much information out there that's needed by so many people. And that's why the first couple of episodes of this podcast have been focusing on how we can help people through this crisis. First episode was financial. And the next biggest thing to me was mental health. And getting good information to me, you know, enlightens me, but it also warms me because there's, there's people out there who don't know these things. There's people out there who are looking for answers. There's people out there who have been doing things one way and now have another way of doing them. And so I appreciate your ear because I feel like this information is important, but also it's, I think it's good info and I hope you agree. So how I like to end my show is with my grin. And hopefully it's something that you do multiple times a day, uh, multiple times a week. And hopefully it's something you do right before bedtime. You think about something that makes you grin. And grin is an acronym. It stands for great reason to be in love with now. 
And there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of stuff going on in our daily lives, stresses from every direction. But hopefully you find a grin every single day, at least one. Find a great reason to be in love with now. And every time I, I think about a grin or I, I encounter a grin throughout the day, and not every time I encounter one, but every time I think about a grin for this, this segment, I'm always reminded of a speech by Jimmy Valvano back at the ESPYs many, many, many years ago. Um, I don't remember the exact year, but it was many years ago. And he was, you know, dying of cancer and received, I believe, the Lifetime Achievement Award uh, for the ESPYs. And I don't remember the exact name of the award, but it was basically a Lifetime Achievement Award. And he gave a speech, a passionate speech. And every year for Jimmy V Week, they do a, a donation drive and raise all this money to fight and battle cancer. It's a great, great cause. And every year, every single year, when Jimmy V Week comes up, I listen to his speech. Because it's such an inspirational speech. It's such a powerful speech. And it's it's become so normalized. Not in a sense that it doesn't mean anything, but normalized in a sense that you know every year there's Jimmy V Week and the speech will be played over and over and over again. That you sometimes, and I sometimes forget, that he passed away shortly after the speech. I believe it was about a month, maybe a month and a half later, he passed away. And so literally it was his last, you know, his last gift to the earth. It was his last message to the earth. But I'll read a quick segment from that speech that always stands out for me. And it's kind of, it goes in line with my grin, right? It goes in line with me trying to find a great reason to be in love with now. And a part of his speech, he said this, when people say to me, how do you get through life each day? It's the same thing. To me, there are three things we should all do every day. We should do this every day of our lives. Number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. Number three is you should have your emotions move you to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. And in line with that, if you experience a grin every single day, seven days a week, I also think you'll have something special. If you find a reason every single day to be in love with right now, not five minutes ago when the stress was there, not five minutes in the future when you have to think about something else, but try to find multiple periods during the day where you find a grin and do that seven days a week. That's a, that's a beautiful, joyful life. And so when I know my, my grin for this episode is, is something that I, I, I'm not even sure how this, I stumbled across this and subscribed to this, but if you if you if you watch the news religiously or you know as we talked with Akiva live with mental health issues it may be hard to see some of the positives in your day it may be hard to find your grin every day so i'm not sure how i stumbled across his website and his newsletter but it's inspiremore.com and let me preface and take a step back for a second my grins i i promoted last episode a facebook group um 
and now I'm promoting a website. I get paid for neither one of these. These are things that I experience throughout the day, throughout the week. And I want to share those with you because hopefully you can benefit from those as well. And in the case of the Facebook group last episode, hopefully you can pay it forward to one or more teens and get that grin and get that inspiration. But inspiremore.com. Um, check it out. It has featured stories, inspiring stories. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Spotlight stories, all types of stuff. But specifically, I subscribed. And again, I have no idea how I did this. It, it just appeared in my inbox and it's been there for so long. I don't know where the, the <laughs> infancy of all this was. But I subscribed to their daily newsletter called Morning Smile. And so Morning Smile has, you know, provides a quote, picture of the day, um, some inspiring headlines. Um, Some of these headlines are touching, they're funny, they're inspirational. But I rarely, rarely find myself not grinning at these these headlines. Um, And I really like how there's so many uplifting stories and and there's even some comical stories. Um, But, you know, it's, it's a daily thing in the morning. Usually it comes in my inbox and it's one of the first things that I read. Or skim through. I mean, I read every story. I'm not going to click every single story, but at least the headlines even. And some of the pictures kind of give you that grin in the morning, waking up, starting your day. But, you know, it's, for example, there, there was a story in, I think, two days ago. Um, and, and listen, it, again, if you follow me at all on social media, I'm not the most religious person in the world. And so I don't want to offend any listeners who are faithful. Because I found this story kind of comical. It made me smile, made me laugh. But I know it may not be the same response, but there's a story that they featured where a priest was blessing churchgoers with a water gun. And, you know, just to me, (laughs) it's just in my head, I'm just like, pew, pew, pew. I'm just like, you know, it's just waking up first thing in the morning, silly thoughts. You're like, you know, first thing in my head is pew, pew, pew. Like it just, it, it brought a smile to my face first thing in the morning. But then there's other stories as well. Um, There's a story they had in there, I believe, sometime earlier this week um, about a little boy with cerebral palsy that walked for the first time. Walked for the first time. Like that's a that's an amazing, uplifting story. And this this morning smile daily newsletter is something that. You know, I find a reason to grin at least every morning. Kind of get me started. You know, I have a routine, tea in the morning, wake up, you know, certain people I text, good morning, make sure they're good. And I read, I used to read all, I used to go through my emails, I used to lay in bed. I couldn't have any unread emails by the time I got out of bed. But now it's kind of like, I look at this email, I look at, you know, one of my financial emails that I get every day. And that gets me started. It gets me ready for the day. And it gets me ready for the day already finding my first grin for the day finding my first great reason to be in love with now because of some of the inspirational stories from this morning smile newspaper or newsletter so check it out inspiremore.com sign up and, and kind of see some of the stories i'm talking about uh, because they're they're comical inspirational some good pictures as well um, if you like visual content to, to get you stimulated and motivated and and get you feeling good about your day. If you have a grin, you have a suggestion for a grin, shoot me an email, daveshedpod at gmail.com or 
post on my Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram. Because, you know, what gets me going and gets my heart warm may not be for you. But you may have some things as well that I could take a look at or I can listen to that, you know, may serve the same purpose. And so always remember that we're, we're, we're in this together. I have a good day. You have a bad day. You have a good day. I have a bad day. Sometimes we can help each other. So if you have a grin, shoot me an email or contact me any of my many social media connections. And we'll, we'll get them on here if they're pretty good. That's my grin for the week. Or this episode, I should say. I hope that you take it a look at it, subscribe, and give me some feedback. And let me know exactly what you think. Because I'm curious about what people think. For now, that's what's in Dave's head. Until next time, stay happy and healthy. Like I always say, enjoy life because life should be fun. Thank you for listening and take care.